Welcome to Tales from the Mooseverse. We're glad to have you here. My name is Ian. We have a Patreon campaign. This is a way for you to help bring this storytelling world to life for this season and beyond by supporting the production costs of this podcast. And we have some thank you gifts as a token of our appreciation. Visit mooseverse.com to learn more and to join the Mooseverse Patreon team. Montgomery the Moose and Friends had found the entrance to the magical land that the two small humans, Phoebe and Tamar, have been searching for after discovering a treasure map their mom had been keeping since they were children. Phoebe, Tamar, and Montgomery the Mouse walked through the entrance and disappeared. Montgomery the Moose followed, and last time, we heard what happened when he made his way into the magical land and met a Labrador retriever made entirely of chocolate. A chocolate lab who announced that Montgomery the Moose is legendary. But now, let's see what happened with Montgomery the Mouse and Tamar when they arrived in the magical land. As always, stay tuned after the story for a way you can join in. Montgomery the Mouse scampered through the grass as quickly as his little legs could carry him. Open space like this made him nervous, especially on such a bright day, when it would be so easy for a bird of prey to spot him. Why was it so bright, anyway? The last thing he could remember, he was in the cold early winter weather of Maine with all his friends. But now he was in hot, bright summer sunlight all alone. And even the sunlight didn't seem right. It seemed to be coming from everywhere at once. He wondered if this was a dream. Surely it was a dream. Montgomery, over here! It was Tamar. She was higher up on a hillside far away, at least 20 feet, which is a lot when you're as small as they both are. Luckily for Montgomery, mice can run fast when they need to. As he sprinted, he saw a shadow overhead, a large bird of some kind, which was his biggest fear. His heart beat faster than it ever had before, and he kept running. Keep going, he told himself, you can do it. But the shadow passed over, and as he risked looking up, there were no birds to be seen anywhere. He made it to Tamar and stood up on his back legs to hug his friend. They'd never hugged before, and it was about as strange as he might think a hug between a a five-and-a-half-inch human and a mouse of roughly the same size would be. Then they kept running to find a bush they could hide under to keep them safe from anything flying overhead. So good to see you, Tamar said with relief. Have you seen Phoebe? Where are we? No, Montgomery replied to her first question, concerned that his friend, Tamar's sister, was missing. He looked at Tamar and saw the same worry on her face. And I've got no idea where we are, he continued. I don't remember much of anything. I know we were in Maine, looking for the X on the map, and the next thing I knew, I was on the side of that hill, he pointed his nose to indicate. Right where any owl or hawk might get me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, Tamar agreed, but I'll tell you one thing, that bird wasn't like any bird I've ever seen. The biggest beak I've ever seen, and so many colors. On his beak? Montgomery asked, skeptically. Yeah, Tamar replied. Really weird. But it didn't even seem to notice you. Or it wasn't interested in you. I don't know. That made Montgomery feel a little better, until he realized that it wasn't that he did anything to save himself. It was just that the bird didn't care about him. So, now what? Montgomery asked. Now we find Phoebe. Tamar replied. In her mind, that's all there was. Yeah, but how? Tamar paused. Yeah, that part I'm not so sure about. 
They both looked around and briefly shouted out Phoebe's name with no response. Okay, look, Tamar strategized after a pause. We need to find the highest place we can so we get a better view. It's how I found you, after all. That tree's the tallest thing around here. She pointed to a large tree, a kind neither of them had seen before arriving here, with enormous long leaves curving out and down from the top of the bent trunk. It was growing from the ground on top of a huge rock formation, which was maybe 40 feet or more high, with an enormous cave opening. Montgomery ignored the cave opening and worried more about the idea of the tree. Trees are where birds live, he thought to himself. Big birds with big beaks. Even if that one didn't want me, what about other ones? Tamar felt the need to reassure her friend. Look, I know the cave is kind of a scary thing. What? No, it's not. Why would the cave be a scary thing? Um, Tamar started and wondered halfway through if this was a bad idea. Because that's where snakes live? Snakes? Montgomery the mouse replied, as if he was testing how the word snakes sounded when he said it out loud. He was already worried about birds of prey, and now he had to worry about snakes, too? He'd met snakes before, back in Maine, but avoided them whenever he could, since some liked mice a little too much. I mean, Tamar tried, maybe not here. Maybe that's just a thing in other places. She looked at Montgomery, trying to gauge his reaction. Sure, Montgomery the mouse replied, not believing a word of it. Tamar noticed he was avoiding eye contact and looked as if he was fighting with his own brain. After a few moments, Montgomery took a deep breath. He had decided how to proceed. Okay, he responded, failing to hide his nervousness and still not looking at Tamar. Let's do it. Uh, okay, Tamar confirmed. Montgomery the mouse took a deep breath and started the trek. Tamar stood looking at where her friend had been a moment earlier and marveled at her friend's courage before turning to follow him. Tamar found she had to work hard to keep up, perhaps because Montgomery the mouse had four legs, or perhaps Montgomery was just nervous and wanted this over as soon as possible. As they made their way up the hillside and approached the rocks, Tamar kept turning around to take in some of the amazing views, valleys with crystal blue water running through them, luscious green grass and huge leaves on trees she had never seen the likes of before. At one point, it also looked like the landscape shifted, like a rug being rotated over a bumpy floor. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. This was all incredible, but also entirely overwhelming. She hoped that her sister was right to want to go on this adventure, but she couldn't believe that until she knew that Phoebe was safe. Montgomery the mouse reached the bottom of the rock formation first, while his friend lagged behind. An image kept popping into his mind of a python sticking its head out from between the rocks and saying in a deep voice, Hello, lunch. He tried to push it out of his mind as much as he could, but it just kept coming back. Different colors on the snake, or a different voice, but always a snake, and always those words. He was so focused that he didn't even realize Tamar was far behind him. He looked up and found the best path for the first part of the climb. With another deep breath, he started his ascent. Montgomery didn't even hear his friend Tamar from below, calling out, Hey Montgomery, I think I just saw Montgomery the moose, way off in the distance. Sounded like he was being attacked by something, but now they're walking together. Montgomery? Montgomery, can you hear me? But Montgomery the mouse couldn't hear her. He was scampering as fast as his little legs could carry him, when all of a sudden he heard a sound he'd never heard before coming from inside the cave. The sound stopped him in his tracks. 
he stood as still as a statue, petrified that whatever made the noise would find him. Down below, the sound had the same impact on Tamar. Her eyes focused on the cave. The noise was a loud exhale of air from nostrils, like you would hear from a horse, if the horse were 40 feet long, covered in scales and with wings and a tail. Oh, right, Tamar said to herself. Dragon. A low growl came next, like a cat's purr, but a thousand times louder. Montgomery the mouse wasn't exactly put at ease by anything that sounded like a cat, and Tamar, five and a half inches tall, wasn't a fan of kits either. Montgomery, Tamar whispered to herself as she saw her friend stuck in place on a rock in front of the opening. More noises came from inside, some grunting, but mostly sounds of movement. These were gentler, though, and subsided after a few moments. Both Montgomery and Tamar stayed where they were. Tamar kept looking at Montgomery and hoped he would look back to know that she was there, too. But judging by what she saw now, she wouldn't have believed that the mouse was real and alive if she hadn't seen him move just a few minutes ago. After another minute of silence, Montgomery finally turned to look at her, and Tamar decided she could risk climbing up. She moved as quietly as she could and kept an eye on the spaces between the rocks. When she reached her friend, they silently acknowledged each other and both started to climb further. Their climb was soon interrupted by something that was sitting on the rocks. A shoe. A black leather ankle boot, to be exact. And the black leather ankle boot wasn't alone. There was another one close by. And both boots had socks inside. And feet. The owner of the feet and the socks and the boots, as well as the other clothes the owner was wearing, an old-fashioned three-piece suit, was a human male who sat lounging back with his elbows on the large rock. He looked at Montgomery and Tamar and spoke softly to them. You should be careful, you know. There's a dragon that lives in this cave. Tamar and Montgomery exchanged looks and then looked at the human male, saying with their eyes that he was endangering them all. The human male seemed to understand their look. Ah, it's all right, he sat up and waved his hand in the general direction of the cave to show he wasn't concerned. The dragon's not going to harm me, but he is pretty terrifying, you know. Around here we call him the Scary Stanley. But I'm safe. You, on the other hand, he looked at them as if to say, it's up to you. Uh, we don't want any trouble, sir, Montgomery the Mouse answered, confused about how they could understand each other. Ever since meeting Montgomery the Moose, he had been amazed by how many creatures he was able to speak with. But humans were still an entirely different story, with their own language. But, of course, this was a magical land. He continued, We're just looking for a friend of ours. Really? The human male replied, excited to hear that answer. He sat up and looked at them intently through his glasses. With his elbows on his knees, he interlocked his hands. Is this friend of yours by any chance a moose? Montgomery and Tamar were both taken aback by this. How could he know about Montgomery the moose? Just as Tamar was drawing her breath to respond, a strange thing happened. The human male seemed to flicker for a moment as if he weren't really there, like a hologram or a recording. He noticed it and saw their surprised reactions to it, too. Uh, okay, this is all part of the problem, you see, he said but they didn't see at all. Here, is this better? 
And with that, his body shifted shape and size, shrinking down from a six-foot human male to a small, light purple dragon with childlike proportions. Smaller wings than could sustain it in flight, a short tail, and a head that seemed to be mostly made up of its two big, friendly eyes. Ah! Both Montgomery and Tamar panicked. Ooh, was that too much? The baby dragon asked. He paused, but both Montgomery and Tamar had terrified looks on their faces, as if the dragon was about to eat them. Oh, I'm sorry, the baby dragon said. I just thought it would help scare away the scary Stanley. Okay, how about this? His shape and size shifted again, this time back to being the human male, but this time just five and a half inches tall to stand alongside Tamar. Is that better? he asked, after the transformation. Sir, Tamar said, wanting to just make it through this. I'm just looking for my sister. I don't know where she is. Oh, I bet she'll show up, the Tamar-sized human male said with a smile. He flickered again and sighed with disappointment when he saw it happen. Okay, I guess I should tell you the truth. I'm the scary Stanley. He looked at their faces to see how they reacted to his revelation. Strangely, they seemed less scared now than they did before. He looked disappointed again. He pleaded with a sigh, Please tell me you're scared. Montgomery and Tamar looked at each other, unsure of what to say. Um, yeah, really scared, Montgomery replied, even though he was feeling much calmer now with this five-and-a-half-inch human male calling himself the Scary Stanley than at any time since they arrived in this strange land. The Scary Stanley gave a great smile of appreciation and looked at Tamar. Sensing her cue, Tamar said, Oh, yes, terrified. The Scary Stanley beamed, and Tamar felt she should continue. I mean, wow, yes, you are really scary. Wow, no wonder everyone calls you Scary Stanley. The Scary Stanley, the Scary Stanley corrected, losing all his happiness. Ugh, you're not scared of me, but you should be. With that, his body launched into the sky and returned to the form they had heard inside the cave, a fully grown, 40-foot-long, scaly purple dragon with enormous wings, huge claws, and teeth larger than either of the two friends. Terrified once more, Montgomery and Tamar ran into a crack between the rocks. They looked up at the scary Stanley, who seemed to be having a hard time flying. His wings looked clumsy, and he kept getting closer to the hillside before haphazardly flying up again. He clearly felt bad for scaring the two small creatures so much, and was shouting out, I didn't mean to. Crash. I'm really sorry. Crash. I just wanted to show you... Crash. And with the final crash, he lay on the hillside, moaning in pain. After a few moments, he changed into the five-and-a-half-inch human male again, still lying on his back and moaning. Tamar was the first one to come out and see if he was okay. Montgomery the mouse stayed back at first, but slowly came out too. I'm sorry, said the scary Stanley between moans. I didn't mean to scare you. I mean, yeah, obviously, I did. But not that much. Ow. That much scaring really hurts. Um, can we do anything for you? Tamar asked. The scary Stanley thought for a moment. Then he nodded. Between deep breaths, he said, We've been looking for the moose called Montgomery. He can fix everything. The reason weird things keep happening is that magic is broken. To be continued.
If you enjoyed what you just heard, we would love it if you would tell a friend about Tales from the Mooseverse, and also if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Both ratings and reviews make a huge difference in helping podcasts find a wider audience. We love this review from Yao AMPM, who said, I really enjoy the way the episodes reference each other, and the characters are hilarious and wonderful, and I love the prompts at the end of each episode. The space to mull over the characters and their antics is really lovely. Thanks so much, Yao AMPM. We really appreciate the kind words. And speaking of prompts at the end of each episode, now that you've heard this story, we'd love to hear your stories. Who is the Scary Stanley? How can Montgomery the Moose fix magic? Where is Phoebe? And why is magic broken? What does that mean? As always, we'd love to hear your stories about any of the Mooseverse characters, or any others you think would fit in the Mooseverse. You can record a story yourself on audio or video, or write it, or even send in pictures. Send your story to hello at mooseverse.com. We'll include some on our website, mooseverse.com, and we may even include a snippet on future episodes of the podcast. After all, the stories we tell and the stories you tell are all part of the Mooseverse. Thanks for listening. See you next time.